Welcome to episode 71 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the 2015 documentary Finders Keepers, and we are going to be talking about some video game news. But first, Christian, you and I both watched the 2015 documentary Finders Keepers. Uh, this one was recommended to me by my brother after he listened to our episode about Tiger King because he felt like it, <laughs> it was sort of in the same vein of uh, reality being stranger than fiction story. Did, did you enjoy this documentary? I did after a while, yeah. I wasn't sure at the beginning. I, it, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do 90 minutes of it, but uh, it, it, it got better as it went, I think. Yeah, I will say I actually think it's a better documentary itself than Tiger King, but I, I don't know if it's as entertaining as Tiger King. <laughs> It definitely doesn't have, like, the chaos that Tiger King has. No, I, and I think part of the problem in this, too, was the the filmmakers and Finders Keepers, I think, were a, a little more honest in their filmmaking. Like, <laughs> both of the primary uh, focal points of this documentary both had good sides and bad sides, and they showed both of them, so you were not mm-hmm. always clearly rooting for one person. Well, I think most people are rooting for the guy to get his foot back, but... You know he's yeah. he's not like the a great guy going into this. You're kind of yeah. like rooting for him, but you know he has his own problems. Yeah, I I definitely like I was about twenty five minutes into it, and I remember thinking, how is this going to sustain itself? Because I feel like I already had the whole story. Right, and then they take it in a little bit of a different direction because it's really more about the. The story itself is, we'll get into that in a minute, but about this man's foot. But then the documentary really is about the backstory of these guys and how the finding and loss of the foot really had major impacts and sort of turning points on both of their lives. So the basic premise of the documentary is in 2004, I want to say, I forget the exact year, um, a guy by the name of Shannon bought a uh, storage locker at a locker auction think uh, storage wars if you if you've ever saw that show and inside one of his lockers was a smoker and inside the smoker he found a human foot (laughs) which is just crazy immediately it is because his first reaction was not to really call the police his react or i guess he did call the police to his credit but his reaction wasn't like, oh, is this a crime scene foot? He goes, where's my foot? That's my property. Like, he immediately <laughs> found this foot and wanted to, like, market himself for it and, and make money off of it. Yeah, I, um, that's, I had a real hard time getting on his side of really anything. I did for the most part, but the one thing that I will say is it seems like he's relatively likable, and I think he's sort of funny and, like, He's a jerk, but also kind of funny way. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, just, the fact that he w- became, like, the barbecue footman or whatever and just <laughs> immediately, like, was on the news showing off the grill, but not the foot itself, I thought was kind of funny because he's just like, this is my 15 minutes of fame and I am not giving it up. Yeah, he jumped on board with both feet. <laughs> yeah. So the, the backstory of the foot was... Uh, a man by the name of James had actually been in a plane crash with his family and lost his foot um, in the plane crash, or as a result of the plane crash. And he somehow talked the doctors into, after amputating it, delivering him the foot. And he was like, oh, it's going to come as a skeleton. But no, it's like they cut it off below the shin, or sorry, below the knee. It looked like somewhere on the shin. And then just delivered it to him in a trash bag. <laughs> Which seems like a, a a violation of some pre- some protocol, right? You would think. I did laugh pretty hard though when he was talking about how the mortician brought the the foot to him, and then like as he realized that it wasn't just bones, and it was the whole like it was the whole bottom of the leg, and he was like, "Wait a minute!" And the mortician was out the door. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this movie starts out strong with this guy because his he's like, "I'm going to." mummify my leg but before that <laughs> he takes it to a friend and they store the leg in a hardy's freezer i could not believe that that's insane you know they didn't throw away any of the meat that foot touched oh, no. 
<laughs> and like that's where I was at when I I started wondering if this was gonna be Tiger King essentially. Like if that's right. if that's where we're starting from, where can we go? But it, it does it, it chills out quite a bit after that. It does. I thought they were going to ramp up because some point after that, James, the man who lost his foot, literally says I've been shot, <laughs> run over by a dump truck, and electrocuted. Run over, as well as like being in a plane crash. Run over by a dump truck. That that hit me so hard. I I was laughing pretty hard at that. We need that story. Yeah, right. Uh, so once once Shannon finds the foot and starts, he starts making a big stink because he didn't actually possess this foot for more than probably a couple hours because it went to a, a funeral home and then James came and picked it up and Shannon just caused quite a stir and was like, I want this foot, blah, blah, blah. But this is the epitome of like small town. When James <laughs> came into town to pick up his foot, there was like so much media outroar. He's like, all right, meet me in the Dollar General parking lot. I'm going to give a news conference. Yeah, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. But if you're Shannon, I mean, he he went on to on this documentary and basically said out loud, "I'm the smartest person I know." Oh. And if you're really if you really think you're that smart, why would you put this much time and energy into recovering the foot? Why wouldn't you just be like, "All right, that ship has sailed. What else? Like, what's next?" Yeah, and I actually think that I mean, of course, he's definitely not the smartest person he's <laughs> ever met, but. I think the documentary does a little bit of a good job of at least probing into it because it's like clearly this wasn't about the foot. It was about fame, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like him doing anything for attention because he had what seemed to be at least sounded like an abusive father and like was just craving attention because he's like, I want to make people laugh and blah, blah, blah. So I, I did appreciate they went into his backstory a little bit. And that's why I think he's a little bit sympathetic because you're like, this really isn't about the foot. It's it's about something else, and it would have been cool if they delved into that a little bit more. Yeah, it would have been helpful because even even with that, I'm I'm just thinking like, if fame is really your goal, like there's got to be a better way to achieve it than suing this guy for his his foot. Right, I mean it's it's really like the mentality of people who appear on reality tv shows and stuff right it's like and, and we can get into that yeah, a little bit because you, that does come up but it's like one of those things where it's like you know if you've ever watched judge judge judy or you know any of those shows it's like jerry springer <laughs> how do these people end up on here and it's because they really want fame it's not that they have a, an issue mm-hmm. you know um there's a couple interesting things i i picked up on though while watching this that i i think they like was a little bit unnoticed did you see shannon changed he had a vanity license plate that said um footman foot foot smoker oh, foot smoker that was it yeah yes and also james's dad who died in the plane crash which is a lot of his backstory is dealing with the guilt of that and overcoming drug addiction his dad died from a heart attack, not the plane crash itself. I rewound that twice to make sure that I was hearing it right. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, he had a heart attack while he was in a, in a plane crash. Like, I definitely understand that, like, the panic is going to do that to you, but just the idea that you, like, what are the odds, right? <laughs> like, I was in a plane crash, but that didn't kill me. It was the heart attack I had while the plane was crashing. Yeah. And it's just that's crazy because the whole time you're like, oh, he died in a plane crash. And it's like, oh no, he t- he had a heart attack. It's like, oh, huh, that's worse. I don't know. I don't know if it's worse, or not, but it's just kind of surprising. Yeah. What what it made me think of, honestly, and this is a little bit out there, but what it made me think of was BoJack Horseman, because at a certain point you find out that his dad died in a duel. Really? Yeah. It's it's in season, oh geez, five, I think, and then like almost a full season later you get the full story of what happened in the duel and it's that the dad turned around to try and talk the guy out of it and tripped on a rock and like knocked himself unconscious and died (laughs) like the duel had literally nothing to do with it it's the old bait and switch oh man a couple of things a couple of things too about shannon like uh that i think is 
just crazy to me is he does not he looks like he's in his 50s and he was like i'm 39 oh yeah that that's that was surprising and then one of the parts i was dying at when he was talking about the he's like i want to win 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 if you're just win winning you're wrong and he just kept saying win over and over it reminded me of michael scott (laughs) in an episode where he's trying to do um conflict resolution yep. like with win-win-win <laughs> scenarios but he just he sounded so dumb. the the quote i believe is if you're winning or win-winning then you're winning or win-winning but if you're win-win-winning then you're win-win-winning and after he says that though and it, it should be said that this entire scene takes place during a haircut for some reason yeah <laughs> But while right after he says that, the woman cutting his hair looks directly at the camera like, what? <laughs> and yeah. I, I genuinely, I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. I couldn't handle that. the woman just like looking up, just like, you guys heard that, right? It's like Ricky Bobby if you ain't for sure. Yeah, it was, that was a wild moment for me. Yeah, and that's the problem. That's, like, he's sort of... Um, I don't want. I guess a buffoon. Like that's why I think he's sort of likable. Is just because he says some ridiculous things, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then like you put that against James, who is literally at this point going through like a drug, it, or at that point when he's fighting over this foot, is going through like drug addiction. He's more or less alienated his whole family. Like he has a legitimately like sad story going on, and it's just like man, while all this is going on. You know, you have Shannon out here going on talk radio, basically insulting his dad, saying his dad was an idiot and that's why he died, you know, trying to bait him out to get more fame. And it's just like a rough time in this guy's life. Yeah, that was that was tough to get through that part. He was literally at one point living under a bridge and he's like, the only possession I had was this foot. And I'm like, <laughs> are you carrying that in a backpack? Like, is that not rancid at this point? Uh, well, it's mummified. Did he actually finish it though? What did it mummify? I don't understand if it did it mummify in the smoker. It, I mean, it must have because, I mean, you oh, they, you saw the they showed yeah, it. Yeah, you saw the pictures of it. Oh my gosh, Christian! I did not want to see that foot. <laughs> they showed it multiple times, and I am not that squeamish, but oh, I saw that and I was like, oh god, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty pretty rough looking. I mean, James was in such a bad place that he he did, like, go on a couple of these shows to fight with Shannon. And he went to Europe at one point, and instead of taking a family member, he took his drug dealer with him. That was incredible. It's a baller move, I guess. The the sister's like, you didn't think I wanted to go to Europe, (laughs) and he took his drug dealer. Oh, man. Really, like, his story was, like, just about really a family, number one, losing their father... And then number two, like dealing with an addict as a family member because they're like that story was legitimately depressing. His mom apparently maybe also hated his dad and refused to have a funeral. And it was just like, and she was like, it's too expensive, but they were, they had a tennis court, man. Like, you could probably afford a funeral. That's another thing that, like, you see these people and it would be super easy to just dismiss them. But yeah, I mean, they were, the family was apparently very wealthy. Yeah, I mean, that actually seemed to be some of the animosity between Shannon and James is Shannon was like, if you didn't go to this kid's house for your birthday parties, you weren't no one, you know, like it seemed like he's carrying a chip on his shoulder. So I'm curious, like, if they knew each other before all this and like he didn't get invited to the birthday party. So he's, (laughs) you know, holding that grudge for 30 years or something. I was impressed that at no point did I see anything about like the game is afoot. I was really <laughs> waiting for like anything, and and it never came. They really lost uh, lost the, their chance yeah, there. Opportunities. And so I'm with you. Like this starts out high, and you're like, "Oh, this is Tiger King." And then it like evens out, but then again, they go on uh, you know a daytime judge show to determine who gets the foot. This was incredible. Yes, they go on to Judge Mathis, who this is a judge, honestly, I had never heard of before. I only know Judy and Judge Joe Brown, but now I know <laughs> Mathis. Yeah, so they go on this this show to resolve the foot situation, and I guess John was so strung out 
on whatever drug he was on or if it was just alcohol or what and the the producers and the judge himself was like we got to get this guy help and they got him into like a top tier rehab facility yeah totally turned his life around which is you know a great story for him but <laughs> yeah of all the places were... you think help is gonna come from right judge like daytime television <laughs> and you know what's what's funny about this is I mean, I actually, I, you know, I have a Juris Doctorate and I did not realize this until probably like a year or two into law school because I never paid attention. You know, all those daytime televisions, like they're not really in court. They're in binding arbitration. Okay. I figured it wasn't any kind of actual court, but what does that mean? Binding arbitration? Like what, so what happens in those proceedings? So in in a normal situation, you file suit and the state is basically handling it and they will determine the final outcome of it. And then you can appeal if you feel like that the state did it wrong. So if you at this, they said he initially filed in small claim court. So that's like a magister's court, uh, uh, you know, MDJ. And that's usually depending on the county for something that amounts to being less than like fifteen hundred dollars or not fifteen hundred. Sorry. Uh fifteen thousand dollars but it's lower depending on the size of your county Mm. and in those ones if you lose at least in our state you automatically you have a right to appeal that and you can completely ignore that and just you file in the court of common pleas everything that came out in the um the small claims court is basically just thrown out uh and you start again it's just that the small claims cases are a lot cheaper like evictions and stuff it's a lot cheaper to go into that because um once you go into the court of common pleas like your initial filing fee is over a hundred dollars and really at that point you're going to have to have a lawyer you can kind of do small claims court without a lawyer um but when you go into the main court you can get thrown out for uh just you know missing deadlines or you didn't file the right thing or you forgot to respond or whatever and it, it becomes a lot more technical and then if you lose that case, you can um, you can appeal to the middle court of whatever state you're in and then the Supreme Court of your state. And then really, if it's like a federal issue, that's similar and they have federal courts and stuff. But in a binding arbitration, you basically are like, okay, we're going to – and a lot, of, a lot of people actually do put them in contracts for employees and stuff. And this is why you got to be careful because you kind of forgo your legal rights – um, you're going to basically an expert and sometimes it's a panel of three, but in this case they're, you know, I would, I don't know how much of an expert judge Mathis is, but <laughs> you know, you're like, we're going to go to this person, whatever they say is the final rule and we're going with it. And, uh, basically the state courts are like, well, if you agree to a binding arbitration, we will uphold whatever they say. So if you appeal, it doesn't matter unless there's some gross, amount of like net you know someone committed fraud or you know something insane like that but for the most part uh you're stuck with the ruling so that's why he went with that and all those daytime shows like maybe those people were judges at one point and they carry that title but they are not like officially a judge working on behalf of whatever state they're in that's interesting yeah i i had no real idea what what the rules were for those shows yeah, I and like I said, like I never really thought about it till I was in law school, and I was like, oh, huh. I found out Judge Judy; she makes a lot of money, but she's not she's not really a judge. <laughs> I'd always wondered, like, what court does this? <laughs> um, and also a second point that actually, Shannon, while completely crazy, did have like a somewhat interesting legal like issue where. Normally, if you buy something, it's like finders keepers laws is a real thing. Oh, yeah. It's not technically called that, but that's like the it's the easy way to find it, and it's funny because it's like a kid <laughs> saying, right? Um, but he, I think he had an interesting like legal issue where does that apply to human remains? Um, and I didn't, you know, I watched this last night. I haven't looked into it at all, <laughs> but I think that's where he was kind of trying, kind of come from and hang his hat on, where it's like. You know, he's saying human remains aren't any different than anything else, but clearly most courts are going to be like, yeah, no, yeah, man, it's like different. You can't buy part of a person, especially if that person is still right. alive. Right, and like actively trying to get it back. <laughs> but I mean, in a very technical sense, like he had somewhat of like an argument. I just don't think it was a strong one. Yeah, I mean, he sure thought it was a strong one. He's He went into that court case talking about, oh, this is open and shut. I can't imagine how they're going to rule for anybody but me. 
And he's like, I got all the evidence. I got this receipt right here. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you're crazy. Like, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna grant you to take this man's foot. Right. And that's why, that's why I'm curious, because he's clearly talking to the cameras after he lost. And this seemed way more about fame than the foot. And he's not, he's still not admitting it, though. Like, he's like, I wanted that foot. (laughs) Well, that, I guess, that, I guess, brings me to one of my core issues with him and just i mean the the even if it is just about the fame like how much money did he imagine that he was going to be able to make off this not very much man he was only charging three dollars for an adult and one dollar for a kid to come look at yeah and i mean but he's trying to talk like he, he pulled jim aside and he's trying to talk him into like a business partnership and he's saying like oh man we could both get rich real quick and this this will be good for both of us and I'm thinking, like, how? It's a foot. Like, the... the All of the interest that this story generates comes from the fight. Like, not finding the foot right. itself. It comes from the, the legal fight. But even if he'd have won that foot in court, and, like, the fight happened, and everyone's super interested in this, and it's, it's one of those weird, wacky things that's happened, nobody's gonna pay to come see just a foot. You gonna come see it once? Maybe. Yeah, and that's if you're his three friend. bucks. Like, no way. I'm just he got five grand for it. Like he he actually got more than I thought he would. Like he got paid reimbursed for uh, his storage unit. Like he he got money from it. Like he he should be ex, he should accept. Yeah. That, oh, know? absolutely. Five grand is is a, an incredible payout for what he got. But I'm just right. I'm just thinking like if he had one of those like roadside museums, right? where it was just a whole bunch of like weird oddities and the foot was an exhibit in that. Okay, then yeah, you could probably make some money off of that foot. But it's just the foot. Right, he doesn't have everything else surrounding it. Like I know Philadelphia has, I think it's the pronounced Mutter, the Mutter Museum of mm-hmm. Medical Oddities, and they have a bunch of weird stuff in there. But it's not like you're not paying ten whatever it was ten twenty dollars to go look at one <laughs> severed leg, yeah. you know. It'd be like Joe Exotic going into business and opening a, a roadside zoo, and all he has is like a tiger claw. Right, there's, right. Like there's no yeah, there's no interest, there's no real revenue there. Like the guy's gonna make a hundred bucks a like a year tops. Right. I mean, and even like he was like trying to market it. Your your market of people buying that shirt and stuff are your friends like he's like it's international news but like this stuff is in and out of people's minds in 15 minutes man like no one's no one's buying your shirt unless it's like as a joke but even that is such a low (laughs) yeah that's a niche market the iron the ironic hipster market (laughs) of supporting this guy who (laughs) took another man's foot uh so you know after the judge mathis show it seems like both of these guys' story take drastically different terms, turns. Like, uh, James gets rehab and really seems to turn his life around, gets his foot back, uh, starts going to therapy, kind of comes to terms with his drug problems and his dad's death, and, and really seems to be doing good after it. And Shannon is the exact opposite. Like, we see him kind of entering a depression. Like, his marriage has clearly been strained because you see them interview him and his wife at different points. And at one point, like, she's very into being married to him. And then at the end, it's like, oh, gosh, no. Like, they're they're having trouble. Yeah, yeah. his life kind of falls apart around him. And, I mean, she must have the patience of a saint because the way she talks about him being like, yeah, I mean, he's going to get what he wants. And if he doesn't, he's never going to stop. And then she kind of laughs. And I'm like, ooh, that's not a, that's not a great trait. No. Not, not for describing him wanting another man's foot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not like I want to be CEO. It's like I'm going to get this man's foot. Put that energy to something else. Oh, man. You want a foot? There's a graveyard. Get in there. I did absolutely love when the judge made him walk out from behind the podium and he saw both legs. And he's like, you don't need it. That's that's class, classic daytime daytime judge humor. Yeah, I was loving that. Uh, what was I did not understand about Shannon? Man, he wants fame. He gets called to be on a reality TV show about buying storage units, and he gets mad because they make him the footman selling a leg lamp. And he's like, "You guys are making me look like idiots." But it's like you are literally the one 
who is marketing yeah. yourself as the footman. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the trait that you have made yourself, and you're mad when people want you to play yeah, it up. Yeah, you branded yourself, man. Like, that's that's what you wanted. Like, what else did you think they wanted from you? Like, I don't, it's just, like, some of those things. He was on Jerry Springer at one yep. point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the man was on Springer, he was on Judge Mathis, and he was on that, uh, whatever it was, like, Dumpster Wars. Yeah, uh, so a little bit, I, I read the read up on him a little bit. Uh, do you want to know how also he actually ties a little bit to Joe Exotic? Yes, because I have one too. He, oh, actually, he might have said it on the, the thing. He announced his presidential campaign in 2016 yep. or 2015 or something. Yep, that's what I had written on here. That was the, the Tiger King crossover was they both ran for president in the same year. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, too. Sad note, he also died in 2016. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> of uh, heart failure or something due to obesity. I didn't know that. So, ending this on a low when did note, this When but... did this come out? I'm surprised they didn't put that in, like, an, in like the... Post yeah. stuff. Um, I think he died in maybe 2017 or 2016. I can't remember. I think this came out in 2015. Okay. Um, also, he was arrested, I think, in 2015 for p- driving around town brandishing a handgun. <laughs> not for trying to have, uh, not for trying to have Joe Wood, or Jim Wood killed. No, I mean maybe that was the next step. What? Oh my gosh, Christian, could you imagine if this took that turn where he's like, I, I'm taking James out and I'm getting that foot. He'd be so disappointed once he got it back and found out it had been stripped of flesh and put into, like, a silicone yeah, it, was, it was cast in glass or something. Yeah, that was weird. Oh, yeah. That woman has a weird hobby. <laughs> and even she, right when they introduce her, she's like, I don't know if there's a name for what I do. I I, I take animals and just put them down to the bone. I'm really excited to work with a human leg. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess taxidermy, kind of? Yeah, that's yeah, like that's as close as I could think of like what that would actually be. Right. Oh man. Um so do you know how this fared with audiences? Well, the critics loved it. It was it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh audiences not quite as much, but still pretty high at a 74. That's surprising. Uh yeah, I'm surprised by the 98%. Yeah. Um, I could see why critics like this. So like I said, technically, I actually think this is a really well done documentary and it's such a weird story that itself is, like you said, like within 20 minutes, how do we keep it going? I think they did a good job of bringing the human element and really just exploring the characteristics of two guys, one who would mummify his foot (laughs) for a memorial and the other one who would fight the man for it when he bought in a locker, uh, a storage unit. I, I do think they do a really good job of like looking into those guys on top of yeah. this. Uh, so I think it is a well-made documentary, but I, I don't know if I put it 98. I, I'd, I'd be closer with the audience score. I think. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd probably put it low seventies cause it was, it was interesting and it was watchable once I got into it. Uh, I guess coming off the heels of, uh, of tiger King, I just wasn't sure what to expect when I first turned it on. Right. I mean, tiger King's hard to, is so insane that this story itself is crazy but it's not you know there's not murder for hire (laughs) i mean tiger king also had someone lose a limb it's true another crossover uh would you recommend our audience check this out yeah i think if you're if you're into documentaries and stuff i think you'd actually find this pretty cool yeah this is on amazon prime so if you have that i definitely say check it out it's only an hour and a half long so it's a a real quick watch too and you know it's 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 a good documentary Mm. all right and now we're going to jump into some video game news christian uh, I know you've been really into Horizon Zero Dawn lately. Uh, it sounds like there's some new news out about it. What is going on? Yeah, so I think about three days ago, there was an article published on VideoGameChronicle.com uh, that basically announced the future of the Horizon series, and I was all over it. I'm so excited. So what they announced was 
uh, Guerrilla Games, which is the studio that makes Horizon, basically said, we're going to be in the Horizon business for a long time. It is their uh, highest selling game. And even though I'm, I'm surprised they waited this long to announce, but because uh, it came out in 2017, but they have now announced two sequels coming out for the PS5, a uh, PC port of the original game coming out this summer and a comic book series starting this summer. Uh, so I'm not surprised they're doing more games. Um, and then I had actually, I don't know if it was, um, they had been rumored or not. I knew they were going to be doing a PC port of the first one for a while. At the very least, there've been rumors for a couple mm-hmm. months. Uh, I'm surprised they actually waited till now to do the comic. Um, and also I'm surprised they announced two games instead of just like a second game. Yeah. Uh, what they had said apparently was that they had a three, a three-part script written, but they didn't want to confirm with moving forward anything until they saw the grosses from the first one. But I mean, that would have been like two and a half years ago. So I'm I'm shocked that they waited this long to to announce. And apparently, it's been in development pretty much since then. Oh yeah, they've they, they've had to at least been working on the second game. It's it, for at least two years at this prop at this point. I mean, it's after they would have released the uh, the DLC, which. I want to say it came out six months after uh, the game, but I don't remember for sure. It might have been closer to a year. Um, so, yeah, they've been working on it. It's definitely going to be on PS5. I'm just surprised that I really like the game. I did not know they had planned for a trilogy from the start, though. Yeah, neither had I. I am I mean, I'm excited. Do you know any of the story elements for either the comics or the, the games or any of that? Uh, the comics is uh, fairly well outlined, both on... Uh, in that article that I was reading and also on Amazon where you can pre-order it. The first comic is going to be a one-off prequel and it's coming out on May 2nd, which is free comic book day. The main story is starting July 22nd and that's going to, it sounds like a uh, feature Talana, who is, uh, if, if, I mean, if you played the first game, she was Aloy's, like mentor in the hunter's lodge and they they fought the thunderjaw together in the one mission and uh she's going to be out in the wilds hunting new machines that have started appearing and searching for aloy who it sounds like disappeared hmm. um and definitely the the game itself the first one ended on a note where you're like okay i think they're going in a direction um i'm a little bit ha- hazy on it but uh, what what was her like companion's name who got Haiti who captured Hades at the end? Or I don't know if he captured him, but it, at the end it's like oh they're working together. Question yeah, mark. so she she teams up with Silence is his name for the for a good chunk of it, and they're like frenemies. They're like allies of necessity, but they don't really like each other. And then at the end, yeah, he captures Hades, and is gonna try and like force it to teach him things about the world i guess which is what he was doing before the game started he had teamed up with hades to learn things and then hades used him to 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 his own end right um so a, a big thing about the first game was the map uh what do you what direction do you hope they go on with the map on the next one do you think they'll go bigger or do you think they'll scale it down they've announced that it's going to be gigantic in scale is what they said and I'm hoping what that means is that it pushes out in all directions. Like, this this takes place on Earth, like, post-apocalyptic Earth. And so the main sequence of the game takes place in pretty much Colorado and Utah and a little bit Arizona. And then the DLC takes place in Wyoming and Yellowstone. And I would love to just push out from there so that we can keep that that center of the map like what we're familiar with i'd love to be able to go back and visit the places that i already know but then i'd also like to be able to like explore the great plains and see the pacific ocean and the canadian rockies mexican desert like that would be great to just take that that central world that we're used to and just expand outward yeah i'm hoping to see some more aquatic stuff i don't necessarily want swimming because i think swimming games usually is bad but i do really like and i don't know how they do it but like an island concept where you would have like uh aquatic dinosaurs more than just crocodiles you know like i think that could be really cool um 
do you know if Aloy is going to be like the protagonist of these or I I'm curious cause I heard some rumors that she might not be, but I, I don't know how credible those were. I don't know. I, nothing that I've read has really talked about any kind of a protagonist. I can't imagine them moving beyond her since she is right. Cause she, I mean, she is like central to everything. And she's also like one of their tentpole, like PlayStation icons yeah. now. So I would be shocked if they if they tried to rid themselves of her in any way. I mean, obviously the comic books are going to feature Talana, which I actually like. I'd like to to like dive into those side characters more and kind of fill them out. But I don't I don't know if I'd like them completely abandoning Aloy. Yeah, what makes me wonder if they're going to or not is though is uh, it looks like they're going to have a co-op feature. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm wondering if this is like a do you create your own character or or, what, or you know how does that work? So I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm I hadn't actually thought about what the implications of that would be. I'm excited for co-op on the whole. That's one of the the few complaints I had about Horizon was that there wasn't any co-op available. Uh, is there anything you want either the second or third well i guess specifically the second to avoid that uh you didn't necessarily like in the in the first game not necessarily uh i'd like more monsters i'd like more more machines it would be uh it'd be a i mean they almost have to right it'd be a huge bummer to like oh yeah push out the same 20 25 machines that they had in that first one um there's some concept art that was apparently released from uh well it was leaked from the original game that showed that they had planned co-op from the beginning and then they had to scrap it and the the machine that they show in that picture is not in the game so that would be cool to see if they like worked on that and pushed it out really i just i don't want i don't want the co-op to be like essential to to gameplay i guess I would like it to be optional because I do want to be able to play with my friends, but I also really like the freedom to just do my own thing. Right. One thing I would like to see is, like you said, more machines, but specifically I would like more of the machines based off of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's the thing. It's like, oh, you're going to fight robot dinosaurs, but really like only four or five of the enemies are dinosaurs that you fight are dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Inspired. Hardly any of them are. Most of them are just animals. Right. And, uh, like, I want a big dinosaur that I I think it was called, is it the Thunderjaw, like yeah, the T-Rex guy? that's the big one. One of the, yeah, like one of those, but where it's sort of interactive, like when you're going up the tall necks or something, where it's like you can't just kind of sit at a distance mm-hmm. and shoot arrows at them. Or, you know, like there's some sort of like, oh, you have to get in close because... Uh, well, you know, those were great battles, but I, I feel like there could they could do something. What with was that. the game where you had to climb the things? Was that Shadow of the Colossus where you had to like climb up its back? Yes. Yeah. See, that would be cool if yeah. you had an enormous stuff that because the tall necks are great, but they're not enemies. You just climb them and, and hotwire them, and that's that. Right, and, and an area that they honestly could do something with is like there weren't really boss battles against like unique enemies, yeah. right? Like you would fight human bosses but they're human enemies or thunder jaws or whatever like if you could get like actual boss battles where it's like well this wouldn't make sense in the normal game but if we're doing like a set sequence it would make sense for you to try and like traverse up this creature and while you're fighting it or whatever you know like stages and they did kind of do that in the dlc you you fought fire claws but there were only six of them in the game and so they were gotcha. all story missions, and once you killed the the six of them, that's it. They don't respawn anywhere. Did you like the melee in Horizon Zero Dawn? It was a little slow, and I would have liked more more options, I guess, because it right because I, I you couldn't really use yeah. Them. I mean, I got to the point where everything was so maxed out that I could like I could one hit some of the like the earlier machines with just my staff but the yeah i mean there's only two attacks there's just a light melee and a heavy melee and there's no real variance in there so if it once you get into melee you just do the same things over and over and over again yeah so i i think it'd be good if they either develop the melee more and made it viable or like strip it out so really it's like only an attack of last resort or to do like a a finishing critical and otherwise focus more on your ranged 
abilities. Yeah, that would be good. So there's no release date yet for the PC port. We're getting July release dates for the, the comics, and then I guess I'm going to have to buy a PS5. I was really holding out hope that maybe the PS4 was going to be my last console. Though, to, to be honest, I only bought it for the Kingdom Hearts 3, and I discovered Horizon, which is now my favorite game, so good, good things come, I guess. I will say, man, you could probably hold off for a little bit. The PS4 has one of the best libraries since, at least in the PlayStation console, since PlayStation 2, and and really, it's like up there. The the PS4 library is really good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still exploring. I started... Uh... I started Spider-Man this week, and I'm already like 50% of the way through it, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's so much fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk, talk to you about that to see where you are in the <laughs> game. Uh, in other video game news, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty actually excited about this. I got to download it. Pac-Man Championship Edition is free until May 10th on the PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One. This was like a reimagining of Pac-Man where they do a bunch of different crazy things, but when it came out, it was like getting near perfect scores and, and I had been wanting to buy it. I just never pulled the trigger, so it's awesome that it's free nice. right now. And in pretty big news for uh PlayStation fans, The Last of Us Part Two was delayed. They finally released the the new date. It will be coming out on June nineteenth. I think it was originally supposed to come out sometime in April. It got pushed back to May, and then it got pushed back again. And Sony's big game from uh, June also got pushed back. That was Ghost of Tsushima. That is now coming out on July 17th. I am actually way more excited for that one. I, I never played Last of Us, so it doesn't mean much to me. But Ghost of Tsushima is by the guys who did... I think it's Sucker Punch Studios. I, they did uh, Infamous, and I, I really like those games. So I'm excited to see... Uh, see how that turns out nice and in other playstation news sony is reportedly struggling with pricing the ps5 i'm a, i'm a little worried yeah. now apparently the ps5 costs about 500 dollars to produce i was hoping that the the price tag on the playstation 5 would be 500 dollars. so i'm i'm now worried that this is going to be a playstation 3 level fiasco on um, pricing like xbox's possibly going to come out with a console that's the same price and more powerful like by a wide margin yeah. than the ps5 so we'll we'll see what they do uh and sony's allegedly going to be limiting their supplies uh and there's possibly going to be a shortage of the console uh post-launch so i'm oh most likely going to be pre-ordering this because I, i'm going to want to jump on in around holiday yeah. season i think they're only shipping they're shipping like two less two million less units or something so i, I bet there's going to be a shortage oh, geez. now like why what is the purpose of that why would anyone want to to do that to uh to, to like short sell, sell themselves to put out yeah. less units yeah that's what i'm guessing is maybe they're i don't know maybe they couldn't get the components or they're like ah, people are we're, we're going to lose more of our install base than we really thought we would because of the price tag I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh and it's like one of those things where they'll have enough at launch but it's like hard to predict the holiday yeah. season but yeah i i have no idea it just seems silly and finally, the PlayStation 5 released uh, what its controller is going to look like, and it looks a lot like the Xbox Elite controller. Um, my biggest disappointment is they recently released an attachment for the PlayStation 4 controller that lets you um, basically create a new button, so you just had it there. Uh, and there was like lots of rumors that, that Sony was doing that because there were going to be back triggers on their controller and there's not. So I don't know why they released like this half step for the PS4 controller. Yeah. I saw uh, one of the articles I read about horizon. had talked about the, like the interest in the new controller and, and how they were going to make that work. But I hadn't actually looked into what, what that means or if they had even really announced what that means. Yeah. A lot of the stuff they had talked about was, I forget the terminology they use, but it's kind of like the switch controllers where like, there's supposed to be good haptic feedback. Uh, so like when you, like in horizon, if you hold R2 to pull back the bowstring, like you get some resistance on it. So like it actually pulls back slowly with you instead of you holding it down and then it does it with the screen where like, Interesting. so there's supposed to be a couple things like that, but yeah, who knows how integral it is. 
I mean, Sony's in a weird spot too. Like they needed they needed to make a controller that is compatible with PS4 games because there's backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. And PS4 controllers have that touchpad, and so PS5 does too. That touchpad is basically useless. It is a glorified giant. Oh button. yeah, for sure. Like, that's all. You, it's a it's the map button in almost every game. Yeah, that's. Uh, I can't remember what it does in Kingdom Hearts. Truly, I don't remember at all now. But uh, it's like the options menu. Okay, yeah. You know, like that's it's what it is in most things. Is it's it brings up either your inventory or yeah. I know in both Horizon and Spider Man, it brings up like that central console. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see about see about those, but that's just some uh, gaming news that has come out in the past couple weeks. All right, guys, now it's time for our Amazon review game. Just a quick recap: I have some five star reviews from Amazon. I'm going to read them to Christian, and he will get two yes or no questions to help him narrow down the review for uh, the movie. Uh, he can either then ask for another review or guess, two more yes or no questions, another review, and then he will have to guess after the third time. We're keeping score this year where if Christian gets it on the first try, he will get three points, two points for the second, one point for uh, if he needs three reviews. Christian, are you ready? I'm ready. Hopefully this week goes better than last week. <laughs> the first review, great actors produce great mini performances. This is a strange tale where quirky people are portrayed in all their weirdness, and the storyline evolves in ways you would never expect with intersections between characters and outcomes. My favorite is Brad Pitt. He is best playing to his manic side and shows his diversity and brilliance by being someone clearly the opposite of who he really is as a person. The movie itself let me feel un- left me feeling unsettled, but at the same time, feeling like a witness to fateful events and were masterfully carried out and characters masterfully portrayed. Ooh, I've got an idea. Um, is this a Coen Brothers movie? Yes. Does this also star Francis McDormand? Uh, hold on, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look up the IMDb page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, is this burn after reading? This is burn after reading. Nice. You crush. It. I did. I I thought you would uh, think of Fight Club or something first with that Brad Pitt uh, misdirect. Oh yeah. No, I I heard quirky and I don't I don't know why it was it was like it was fresh in my mind or something. I was like I need one I know Christian has seen and I know we watched that. <laughs> Three points. All right, guys. Before we head out, Christian, what are you uh, checking out this week? Uh, I am, like I said, I'm, I'm working through Spider-Man, so I'm definitely going to be playing that. I uh, I had bought the, whatever it is, the Ultimate Collection, so it has all three DLCs in it. Mm. So I'm sure that's going to take me a while, not just for the main story, but I like it enough that I am probably going to try and platinum it, so I'm going to be trying to 200% as much as I can. Uh, so that's going to be a, a time sink for sure. Uh, otherwise, I'm planning on starting Marvelous Mrs. Maisel since uh, we were on Amazon this week, and I got uh, I got a tip that that's a pretty good show, so I'll uh, I'll be checking that out as well. Cool. Um, where are you in Spider-Man right now? Like, what missions did you just done? They just took Mister Lee to the raft. Okay. Yep. I know where you are then that has like one of the better spider-man stories in recent years like especially like once it it gets ramping up here it's a really awesome game oh yeah it's great so far i'm i'm really really enjoying it and it's it does handle similar to horizon you you had said that it it has some similarities and it it really it it does handle similar in, in a way that i wasn't expecting it to yeah that and also like it's leveling system like playstation's three biggest like first party exclusives are probably horizon zero dawn spider-man and god of war all three of them have a very similar leveling system where they all cap out at like level 50 Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but Spider-Man's awesome. The only problem with Spider-Man is I think towards the end there's too much to do to like 100% it. You have to stop all like the, like five street crimes in each area and all of them yeah. are so similar that by the time you do it in every area it gets a bit tedious. But that's <laughs> that's its only downside. The story and stuff on it is amazing. The DLCs looked pretty fun. Uh, I didn't get to play him, but and it's just really fun to play as Spider-Man. Like he controls perfectly. You get all the different web stuff, and there's so many suits to choose from. Yeah, it's very fluid. I'm I'm really enjoying myself. the The biggest disappointment I had on the suits though is they didn't have like the the black suit Spider-Man. Mm. That's my favorite. Oh, like from uh, like Miles's. Uh, that yeah, so yeah, no, no. Uh, this the symbiote. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, it's my um. That's my all-time favorite. Every game that has it, I play in it, and I was real sad they didn't have this one. Uh, so for this week, I am still going strong on Divinity Original Sin 2. I am halfway through Act 3. Like I put in a solid probably 12 to 14 hours this weekend to finish Jeez. up. I am... I would say I'm I'm close to 75 to 80% through, so I'm almost to the final act. It's been going a lot quicker because I know where to go right now, so yeah. I'm not like reloading a lot of stuff. But I am, fingers crossed, hopeful that like stretch goal, I finish it by next Sunday, but more realistically, like two Sundays from now, I'll be done. <laughs> I'm so excited to be done with it, man. I'm getting, it's fine, but I'm tired. I can only imagine. Uh, otherwise, I, I've been trying to go through our library in our house, so I, I started reading the biography on Hunter S. Thompson, and I am not liking it so far, but I'll give it, I'll give it a, little, a little bit more. It's written in a weird way where it's not a bi- it's not necessarily a biography. It's like this woman like tried to take his style where he embellishes the truth, but she never like interviewed him, so it's like her telling a fake story about interviewing him, and then it's just a bunch of quotes from people who knew him. So it's... Huh. A weird, weird book. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out our episode. If you would like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter or we're gambots.blog at gmail.com. We also have a website now where you can check out some reviews we're doing of either stuff we talked about on the show or things we did not get around to. That's gambotsnetwork.com. And finally, if you're listening to somewhere where you could rate, we'd appreciate it if you like what you're hearing. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you.